Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. Today on the show is uh, is a comedian, Zainab Johnson. I didn't know her, and I just started seeing her at the comedy store, and I'm like, there's an entire generation of comics I don't know. I have no, I didn't, and I, you know, she's funny. She's uh, a powerful presence. She's on the Prime Video Series Upload, which is created by Greg Daniels, and she'll be performing on my gala in Montreal this Saturday. Uh, and so I'll see her. That's a uh, day after tomorrow. But uh, but I just started seeing her on the comedy store, and I'm like, you know, I have to talk to this person. I, I would like to know more about this person. So I guess I've, I talked to you, like these shows were done a little bit in advance because we had to get the week in the can. I was very busy the day I recorded this, and I had a lot to do for the week because we had to pre-record some stuff. But I, I get obsessed with little things, and I, some of you know that. It's how I keep my fucking life together. It's how I, it's my spirituality, a certain OCD around small um, corrections, you, you know. And I had bought a watermelon that was, you know, not great. It was, it was bad in just enough of a way that every bite I would take, it would annoy me that that I didn't get a better watermelon or that I didn't throw it away. You know, half of it was had a, you know, a slightly tougher texture than should be and it, it was sweet enough and juicy enough but half of it was too mushy and the other half was too stiff i don't know how to explain it you don't know what you're going to get but it sounded correct when i held it to my head and i knocked on the outside i got the tone i wanted and i think theoretically it was probably it was it, w- it wasn't my mistake it was an illusion nonetheless it was sitting in my fridge and I'm in the middle of a busy day and I'm like, fuck it. I got to make this right. I got to go find a watermelon I enjoy. I don't want to, because I enjoy watermelon. I'm on this sugar detox still and it's the only th- fruit I can eat, that and blueberry. So I need a good one. I don't need one that makes me make, feel like I made a bad choice in life. I picked the wrong fucking melon. If that's the worst choice that I've made or the worst decision, it's not even a decision. So I was like, fuck this. And I got on Instagram live because I've done this before and we went to Vaughn's. And I got there. I found a melon. It was seated. I was making a compromise. They didn't have unseated, but I found one that sounded right. I knocked on it and it get, had the right resonance. So I'm like, I'm going to buy this one. I walk in, don't have my wallet, don't have my cash. So I steal the melon. I threw the melon in my car. I got the hot melon in the car and I get, I get home 
with the hot melon and I'm, I'm torn. I'm like, that's my community Vons. I've just videoed me stealing from the Vons. They have footage. Be interesting to get both footage together because as the story unfolds, it becomes, becomes quite a tale. So I'm like, I got to go back and pay. So do I get my wallet? And when I'm in the house, I realize, no, let's go to the other Vons and see if they have a seedless watermelon that might be better and then just go return the one you stole. So, but like at least have the option to either pay for it or return it or just keep the stolen melon, whatever, but buy yourself some time and go to Vons, the other Vons, and check their melons. So we went to the other Vons. I bought a melon there that I think sounded good, brought it home, cut it open, pretty good. But then I got, you know, I've got the hot melon in the car. So I bring the hot melon back and return it to the wild. It might've been a little traumatized. And I know that somebody who gets it is not going to know that that melon had an adventure with a guy who t- basically took them hostage and they'll be eating like sort of like chunks of trauma, seated trauma, not seated, S-E-A-T-E-D, but seated trauma. But nonetheless, I, I went and released a melon. I went back and I realized like, well, maybe that melon, maybe I should get that melon. Then I went back because I felt like I missed him and he might've missed me or they. We decided on Mel, Mel the melon, a they. Yeah, I don't know what genders melons are, but it doesn't matter. Gender fluid melon. So I go back and I placed it in a certain way that I, you know, no one had been, it only been five minutes. So I went and bought the original melon I stole. So this is a really a tale of, of a lot of, you know, moral conflict. It's a tale of, you know, a lawless country coming to terms with itself. It's a tale of getting away with things, but not getting away with things. You know, ultimately I made the right choice, but there was a lot, a lot of levels working in this piece. So if you'd like to go to my Instagram feed and, and watch uh, the melon heist, uh, you know, you can, you can, you know, kind of feel the weight of it, feel the weight of, you know, being a criminal for 10 minutes and then, and then turning, you know, and then finding, finding your soul. That's what that's about. And also getting melons. So if that interests you, that's good viewing. And I'm going to reach out to Vons to see if I can get the security material. Cause I think it would really add to the film. So. I'm leaving, well, I, I'll actually be in, in Montreal tonight doing my solo show and tomorrow for, I think the place only seats like 120 people and the gala, I'll let you know how that goes. I'm a little nervous about it, only because it's like a big, you know, weird Canadian high profile hosting gig and, uh, you know, I don't, I can't remember the last time I did one of those. Anyway, Zainab Johnson is a, a peer and somebody I started seeing at the store, and uh, I just liked watching her, and I was curious about her life. And she's a comic, obviously, and you can watch uh, her in both seasons of Upload on Prime Video. She's also going to be performing on my gala in Montreal this Saturday at Just for Laughs. And you can go to ZainabJohnson.com to see where else she's performing next month. This is me, 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 Mark Marin, talking to uh, Zainab Johnson. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare 
something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Nice to see you. It's good to see you, too. You never see a comedian on a Monday morning. You don't? Yeah. I, you, know, no. <laughs> you rarely see them during the day. Yes. Unless you socialize with them. Exactly. But we live lives. I mean, I'm an, I'm an older comic. I'm up and doing things. I was at, um, I went to um, the Id celebration. You know what Id is? No. Okay, so Id is like an Islamic holiday. There's two of them. Okay. One comes after Ramadan, after the fat, the 30-day fast. Oh, good. I'm learning things. <laughs> and I was at um, the mosque in Culver City, and it's the Id celebration. And it's the first one I've been to since COVID, you know, yeah. since the pandemic. Yeah. And then I see, um, I see Asif. Oh, yeah. You know, Asif, yeah. yeah. And I, he's like, Zainab. And I'm yeah. like, this is so, str- I mean, I know, we know that we both have this belief in this practice, but I didn't expect to see you. It was strange. It was? it was strange, but wonderful all at the same time. That's nice. Then we go to the comedy store and then tell a bunch of dick jokes. Right. Sure, <laughs> dick jokes. But well, that's well, that's interesting because that's two, like, I, I guess it's the same religion, but two different communities. Yeah. Like, where does he come from? I can't remember. I think he's Indian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and I'm the, black. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it, it, it's always uh, kind of wild to me to to know the different, stri- like, I'm a Jew, but there's some, you know, more Jewy Jews and yeah. less Jewy Jews. And then, no, and then there's Jews that don't do any Jew stuff. Yeah. I was in, um, I was in Venice yesterday, was yeah. it yesterday? And I saw... I, I would I would call them black or in California Latin ex Israelites. How do you oh, feel no. about that? <laughs> <laughs> the guys in the costumes? Yeah, I mean I guess is, are, are they costumes? They definitely look like they're walking through a desert. The Israelite people, they're in New York too, right? Yes. You see them in Times Square with yes. the, but they're, they're I, I I don't know what those outfits are. I don't really know <laughs> <laughs> what religion they are. I don't. I don't know that they're representing Jewishness. Okay. They're they're doing something else. I don't want to judge them too harshly, but I know I've seen, I've seen them yelling in Times Square. Yeah. And I don't. I'm not. I don't remember listening too intently. Yeah. So I I can't claim them. I I can't say they're on the same spectrum as the as I am with the okay. Jew thing. Okay. I don't even. I don't. I don't have a dog in a fight, nor do I know enough. No, me to neither. Even... I mean, like, if they were Hasidic people, yeah. then I, I would be like, yes, we're yeah. on the same spectrum somehow. I grew up with not. I didn't grow up with them, obviously, yeah. but I, in the same neighbor. I mean, I lived in Williamsburg, you know, and so I definitely saw yeah, a I, lot of Hasidic Jews. Yes, I, I, I can tell by the mild change in tone that not a great experience. <laughs> Well, <laughs> and, and I've gotten like I've gotten some I've gotten into trouble with them occasionally because yeah. I, I talk shit about them a lot. Ah, uh, okay. You know, also it's like listen, I'm a New York City yeah, kid, so right. my, all my classmates for a good portion of my, uh, you know, childhood were Jewish kids. I mean, yeah, yeah. New York Hasidic City for kids? you? No, but you didn't like you lived in Williamsburg later. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Harlem, but I was bussed out, so I went to school on like 84, like downtown, like you know, like yeah, and so. 
I, I, Why were they bust out to there? No, no, no. I was bust out. Yeah. You know how they take like you test out of your, you know, get quote unquote ghetto and okay. they put you in a school oh, with okay. all white kids. Yeah. But usually those all white kids are Jewish kids. <laughs> yeah. And so in seventh in seventh and eighth grade, I went to a bunch of bar and bat mitzvah. Like, yeah, yeah like yeah. that was that was my social life. <laughs> so you you tested out because you were a smart kid. Yeah. And then they sent you to the uh, the Jew filled school. Yeah. With the uh, with the smart Jews. Yeah. Well, and that was in Williamsburg. The smart Jews that are not rich because they're still in public school, they're not in private school. Right. Yeah. So the the reasonable Jews that, <laughs> that, 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 that didn't have too much of an attitude. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's wild. So you grew up the your whole life in Harlem? Yeah, I was born in Brooklyn. I moved out of Brooklyn when I was five years old. I moved to Harlem. With your whole family? My whole, my entire family. At the time that I moved... Uh, my, my, the first, my parents, it was eight of us cause they had the twins when we got to Harlem. So nine and 10, it's 13 of us total. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, so, where'd you put all those people? You put them, you put them in a hallway. <laughs> <laughs> you put them in a the kitchen. <laughs> really? You sleep in a bathroom if you really? have to. Oh, we didn't sleep in a bathroom or the kitchen, but yeah. we definitely had bunk beds in the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to just you know, be honest. I don't, it's like the biggest religion in the world. I don't know shit. About the uh, about Islam, really. But you know what? Growing up, as much as I practiced it, I didn't know sh- shit like, either. It's like Jews, yeah. yeah you like you the, just you, you just go, listen to your parents, yeah. yeah. You just and you follow, you copy what they do. Yeah. But the thing that kind of opened my mind up to religion, period, yeah. was I took a I, I took an elective course in college. Like the uh, my favorite courses in college were my electives. Yeah. I took the history of religion, yeah, and it opened me up to Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Mm. You know, and I took like a philosophy class, yeah. and that was. Was like the that was like that was it yeah so I, you, they spent a whole life just going along with it yeah and then sort of the de- it deepened later yes so okay so there's a total of how many kids in the 13 house? oh my god seven what, boys what, six girls seven boys six girls so what what business was your dad in or your mom my dad worked for the mta yeah, he worked for the metropolitan transit transit authority and my mom stayed at home oh my god yeah so it wasn't easy going. No, we were poor. <laughs> we were dirt poor. So how did how did you all manage? I mean, um, I guess it's too broad a question. I mean, well, there were different there were different times. Like I do remember when it was slightly less of us. Yeah. And we used to go on like we never went on like a family vacation. No. Never left like the city, but like we would travel to Queens to go to like Red Lobster. That was like a treat, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Or we would But how would you go on the I the guess train. on the train? Yeah. 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 Or we would we would go to, you know, take the D train all the way to Coney Island. Yeah. And like that was a day for us or spend the day in Prospect Park. Like that was a big deal. So there was a time where all of you were underneath beneath the age of, of eighteen. Yeah. Or a lot of, so you all that's crazy yeah and then but there were also times where it was really rough like i remember times where it's like only condiments in a refrigerator (laughs) you know like only condiments and like a few slices of bread or like um heating up our sneakers and like the 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 oven like i remember you went out yeah i well it's like you can't afford new sneakers like (laughs) 
not before you went out, but like you can't afford new sneakers like at the start of a new school year. So you heat and them. So to you wash. Them? Well, you wash them. Yeah. But it's like my parents. I remember in one apartment we had enough for our first Harlem apartment. Yeah. We had enough for a washing machine, but not a dryer. <laughs> right. So it's like we can wash the clothes, but you have to hang them to dry, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. And so. You know, maybe my mom made the mistake of like not managing her time right, and it's like we washed the sneakers the night before the first day of school. It's oh, like they're not. So that's why they went. In the yeah, oven. they went in the oven. I remember our sneakers. <laughs> I like, thought it was a practical thing. <laughs> no, like it was so cold that we had to, no. <laughs> to get a good start. We need to warm our shoes up. No, just drying them. Just drying them. Yeah. So all the siblings is everyone still around in touch? Yeah, we're all in touch. No one has passed. Thank God. Yeah. Um, Folks I mean, are still around too? Yeah. Oh, my, my father passed away oh, when yeah. I was like 23 years old, oh, okay. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, my mom is still, you know, just- It's still at the same place? No, she lives in Michigan now. Michigan. Michigan, Lansing, Michigan. With a big community there. A big, com- a, a Mus- huge community. Yeah, yeah. I was just there. Yeah, it's a huge community. Yeah, and I went out there and uh, ate some food. Yeah, more so East Lansing, and then if you go to like right outside Dearborn. of Detroit, Dearborn, exactly. That's where I went to eat. Yeah, that's how I judge everything. It's like, is there interesting food? Me too. Yeah, that's yeah. A, it, uh, listen, if if I could, I can go to the most beautiful place in the world, if I haven't eaten good, it hasn't been a, a good trip. I, I I wanted to go to India for years only because of the bread. Really, and then I never went because it seemed like a, a shallow reason to go. And it's, no, that's the perfect reason to go. Have you been there? No, but I want to go. You do? I want to go simply for the food. For the food. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Yes, let's go. But, I'm serious. But the, you know, it stops me. It's like you know, you have to get shots, and everybody who goes to India for any amount of time, they're like, "Look, you'll be sick for like four <laughs> days, but then after that, it's great." Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know. Do you want to be sick for four days? I do because. Listen, you know, this is going to sound really vain and shallow, but I love dropping a few pounds, like oh, unknowing. Yeah, me yeah. too. I'm going crazy right now. Oh, are you? Yeah, because I was out on the road. Like, I just let myself go for like three weeks. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like crawling out of my skin. I hear, I hear a lot of comedians say that about the road. That never happens to me on the road. If anything on the road, I come back svelte. Because <laughs> you, de- you deny yourself because there's nothing to eat, so you don't eat nothing? Yeah, I either I either go to the ends of the earth to find yeah. what I need, yeah. right? And so I'll be the person in freaking Wichita, Kansas, walking when nobody else is walking. I will walk eight miles to the, to the one. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I do that. Yes. <laughs> I don't walk. You know, you <laughs> no, can get I an walk. Uber now. Yeah, no, I walk. That's how I earn it. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's how I earn it. So you're you're nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I never come back with like I let myself go. I yeah. never come back with that story. Well, I mean, the the problem with letting yourself go is that it's fun yeah. and you sort of make an excuse. Yeah, you know, I was just in New Mexico. It's like I got to eat that food. And then uh then Jenny's ice cream just sent me a case of ice cream. And I, I didn't I kind of I didn't ask for it, but I didn't fight it. No, no, no. You accept ice know, cream whenever I you know, get ice cream. Then it's, it I'm, I'm nuts. But I love so, to hear men say it. You do? Because this is like something that people think only women deal with. But. I'm fucking nuts. <laughs> I'm full on. Like, I have body dysmorphia. I'm all of it. Most of the people who I've met that can say they have body dysmorphia have been men, and they have been men in the industry. Really? Yes. Well, I would argue that most dudes that you see who are ripped, yeah. and that that's an eating disorder. 
It's just, it's a healthy one. Yeah. I mean, it's a control thing, right? Yeah. I mean, one way or the other, it's some, it's some kind of control thing. Yeah. But I guarantee you, they don't think they look big enough or ripped enough. Yeah. I don't have that problem. I'm not, I'm not looking at my washboard stomach going like, no, I gotta work a little bit. <laughs> but you, you know a lot of body dysmorphic men? Not a lot, but if ever I've heard, whenever I've heard that term used yeah. or that, you know, like realization, it's it comes from a man. Yeah. Yeah. But you wouldn't say you have an eating disorder. Oh, I don't. Yeah. But yeah. you're just aware of it. No, I eat a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I eat, like, contrary to what I might look like, I eat a whole lot. Yeah. But I feel like that's what the vacation is for. Like, that's what I was yeah. saying, you know, like, on the road, like, that's your job. You do, you're doing mm. that so often. You yeah. have to maintain a certain level of control because this yeah. is, but, oh, if I'm going to India, Mark, yeah, I'm, oh, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. going to eat. I'm going to be sick. I'm going to eat some more. Yeah. I'm going to be sick. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. It's vacation. Yeah. Well, I look, I go through periods where I'm, I'm very responsible on the road. Then there's periods where it just uh, it just gets away from me where I don't like you go to some places. You're not going to find a Whole Foods. No. I, I, and then you got to figure it out. You got to go buy some nuts somewhere. The first, whatever. the first time I went to China, before I got to, I went to a bunch of cities before I got to like Shanghai and Beijing, which has everything you need. But when I was in Hangzhou, Chengdu, when I couldn't find a thing, I would just get a Snicker bar. Yeah. I would just get Snickers, yeah. M&Ms. I would get what I knew. knew. What, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I would just drink so much water. That was my way of combating yeah, yeah, yeah. what I was Where'd you go? When did you go to China? Like a couple of years ago, maybe like five years ago. To I did do a whole, shows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For who's booking that thing? At the time, it was a uh, uh, Australian comedian named Andy. I don't know Andy's. So last you're doing name. expat shows in all those places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you like it? I did. I, I had was a there few. once. Yeah, you didn't like it. It's like going to another planet. It is, but I mean, uh, China specifically, it really is. Yeah, and I just did Beijing and Hong Kong, and the place in Hong Kong, like the I don't, th- I, in my recollection, the restaurant that we performed in wasn't even built yet. Yeah, and in Beijing, it was a little weird because that spy plane had just been captured. Oh, so it was kind of tense. Mm-hmm. But just walking around, I thought it was pretty fascinating. Yeah, I, I, um, I think that my favorite Asian. Uh, country so far has been Japan. I don't know. To me, it just seems like I, I the future. Yeah, you hope <laughs> it, you just land there, and yeah. it's like, oh, we're in the future. You, you hope, literally, yeah. It'd be nice if if we had a Japanese future in America. I don't yeah. think it's going to pan out. I don't, that yeah, way. I don't think it will either. Yeah. But I remember when I did a show in Shanghai, yeah. I just kept hearing an echo. And I wasn't sure why I was hearing an echo. And then I stopped and I realized that there was a guy on a date and he spoke English, but his date didn't. So he was translating everything I was saying Uh, into into Chinese Chinese, or Mandarin or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and. I was so, and then you did you hear a laugh after? That's you? what I was waiting for. I'm like, I'm waiting. <laughs> I was like, am I funny? Ask her. Am I funny? And he's like, No, no, she's really enjoying yeah, it. And I'm like, I don't even. There's no way for me to verify. Do you, but you like when you go to those places, like I don't have any desire to like. It's it's one and done kind of thing, right? I mean, you're not going to be like, I'm going back to China as soon as I can. No, no, it's it's. I mean, you gotta for me. You know, I'm hesitant to say it, but no, I didn't have a desire to like go back. Not not having anything to do with the, the audience. No, I get yeah, it. I get people. it. But just it's a it's a really long way to travel, and it's hard. Yeah, it's a hard job. Yeah, it's a hard enough job. There's sometimes where I do the job where like it's like when I said to you the other night because like I'm going to take Esther Pavitsky. To uh to Vegas, Vegas with me, yeah. but I don't know, you know, I don't know who opens and who doesn't. But you're like, I'm not gonna, I'm not opening. 
You know what I mean? And like some of the people that open for me are headliners. So I don't, I don't, you know, but I had to ask, but there's some things that we do where it's like, I'm done. I'm done with that. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not. There's some. I, there's just some places I'm not going to perform anymore. Well, listen, I, I would open for you at Madison Square Garden. Okay. Well, you can know? you let's make that happen? Yeah. <laughs> but you want to you want to hear something that's also crazy? Yeah. What? Eight years ago, I would have never imagined yeah. that I would have ever said to Mark Marin, "No, no, no, I, I can't open for <laughs> well, you." Well, eight years. <laughs> I would have never imagined that. Eight, eight years is a long time. It is. What happens in eight years? All right. So wait. Let's go back to. Uh, to Harlem and, she, and sneakers in the oven. Yeah. So, what was the expectations, you know, on a family level? Out of were your parents supportive of comedy? I mean, when did, what was the original idea for you? The original among all those kids. The original idea was to um, finish high school, yeah. go to college, and for me specifically, become a math teacher, which really? I fulfilled. But that was your. Not a dream. It no, was, that wasn't a dream. It that was, was practical. Just, that was why that. Well, my parent. You know, for me, I think it's because I watched my mom. Mm. Uh, my my mom got married to my dad when she was in college. He had just yeah. my, my dad is seven years older than my mom, and he had just finished. Uh, he had just gotten out the navy when they got married. And my mom got married to my dad at 19. She had my oldest sister when she was 20. And I watched my mom as a kid go to college yeah. and never finish. Mm. Um, I even remember my mom was a theater major. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I remember her putting me in a play, putting me and my brother in a play. In a play. I guess she didn't do the work. Like yeah, she yeah. didn't cast the people she needed. So I'm like this freaking, you know, nine-year-old kid doing a raisin in the sun <laughs> At Queens College, you know, like, and at the t- when I was so little, she was directing it. Yeah, when I was little, I knew that that wasn't right. But it's like, even when I think back at it, I'm like, dang, it's like she has so many of us, and she was still really just trying to fulfill her own mm. dreams and goals, uh-huh. and she tried so hard. But it's look, she was the mother of so many, you but, know. But that's that's a choice. It is. But so for me, seeing that, the fir- that translated to me as go to college and finish. Nothing comes before that. Yeah. You know, I didn't discover comedy until later. Right. Did, was your dad born into the religion? No. Both oh. my parents were born Christian. Okay. Yeah. Converted apart from one another. My dad converted under the Nation of Islam. Yeah. And my mom converted under Sunni, Sunni uh Islam. With the mosque that you went to when you were growing up, mm-hmm. was that affiliated with Nation of Islam? Yeah. Oh, I went to, yeah, I went to the Malcolm, the uh, uh, Masjid Malcolm Shabazz, which is on 116th and Lenox Avenue in Harlem. And then before that, I went to the Masjid Taqwa in Brooklyn. Those were both temples that are affiliated with uh, the Nation of Islam. His, they're historic places? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did it seem politicized in any way or just religious? No, to me, it seemed just religious. But my father was very political. My mm. oh, my father used to talk about the white man all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like we're a problem. <laughs> I've met a few of you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. He used to, you know, he, he definitely had very strong opinions. Uh, I would say like the first 10 or 12 years of my life. But then I, I noticed something changed in him. And I don't know. I don't he, he wasn't always a part of the Nation of Islam. Like my, my father didn't make the pilgrimage to Hajj. But 
I interpreted his change as the same thing that happened to like Malcolm X, which is you kind of realize like, oh, there's this faith, there's this religion that you believe in, but there's uh, but then there's this black nationalist group, mm. and those two things are separate, right? You know? Oh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So you go to college. Stop calling you guys the devil. He did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I don't know. There's any reason to ever stop. <laughs> now, I mean, listen. Now he has the, the, my sisters have married a bunch of white men. So really, yeah. So he has a bunch of white grandkids, half white, half half white, half Japanese, half, half like all wow. mixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why that's so exciting. <laughs> is, it, is it just the way it is? It is what it is. Did are any of them uh, more religious people? Uh, any of your siblings? Did they become more religious? No, I mean I have one brother who um, goes to jail a lot, and he gets really religious. When oh, he's he in does. Jail. Yeah, he comes home and he, well, yo, he be on his hadith hard for like the first. <laughs> couple of months out of jail and then you know um but one of my siblings converted to catholicism and that was the thing that kind of blew our minds wow yeah that's an interesting choice i mean that's an that's from one extreme to the other right yeah and also like you know not not the uh not a great reputation that religion uh these days but he married he married a spanish woman okay and so you know that's well that's different yeah you do what you got to do yeah the puerto ricans and the dominicans in new york they love they they they're catholic yeah you know so So now he's in he's in all right in um, Jesus Christ's name. Yeah. <laughs> how, Sorry, how I've never the, said that before in my life. How was the uh, How was the shift for him? You don't know. Do you ever do? I don't know how people do that. I don't know, but I know that he got re roasted him. Yeah. Yeah. And he took it. He took it. <laughs> he took it. We we roast him all the it's, time. We're like, ah. Oh. It's about her. Come Here he on. comes. <laughs> yeah. The Jesus. Jesus. Guy. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So you you taught math. You graduated college and taught math. Yeah, I taught um, math and science, but I was never. But I were taught, you good at math? Are you yeah. good at it? Uh, now, I'd have to reimmerse myself. But I, but yeah, I would say I'm pretty good with numbers. Yeah, and I'm not afraid of it. Yeah, you know, uh, like I, up until what level are you good? All the way like trig oh, and everything. Calculus. Oh yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't get through algebra. It was it wasn't until really. Oh no, I was doing I was doing algebra in 4th and 5th grade. So you got your so that's why you pursued it cuz you were good at it. Yeah, I was and I you know, this was I don't know if they're still doing this in schools, yeah. but you know when you take the standardized test. Yeah. I always I was always in a 99 percentile with uh, math, always. So you had a natural yeah, math. Yeah, I was pretty brain. high in reading yeah. like in still in the 90s, yeah. 99 always. Yeah. In math. Mm. So the moment my mom was like, oh, we could get her into a better school. Let's do it. Yeah. That's great. So you get out, you teach. What? Where? Where are you teaching? In the Bronx. Like yeah. high school? Uh, middle yeah. school. Like a, like a middle, like an elementary school that went all the way up to middle school. But my plan was to teach high school. Yeah. But I just never made, I just ended up moving to California. So what what, what happens? What Teaching kids in middle school, was it disheartening? No. So I the school that I um taught very briefly at yeah. it was a um charter school yeah. and I feel like charter schools where those are where you have involved parents. Right. And so I feel like those kids were great oh, for yeah. the most part. Right. You know, you can see things in kids that they can't see right. in themselves. Like I remember this one kid and yeah. I won't say his name, but I remember I knew that he was going to be on the a part of the LGBTQ. You know, I knew yeah. it. Sure. When he was that age, yeah. I knew, although he didn't know it and I could tell that it was because he didn't know it. It was causing so much 
frustration and even the way he interacted with kids is because yeah. he didn't really know what was happening yeah. to him right, right. and now when I see whenever you know like like maybe a few years ago he messaged me on Facebook and like he is not only is he out and proud and queer he's also like gothic you know what I'm saying like yeah, he's yeah. like yeah, emo yeah. or whatever sure. like but I saw that I saw all of that when he was uh, you know and yeah at the time 13. I'm just like a 22 year old you know sure. but I you don't oh, yeah. say it but well, no. What are you, you gonna say it. exactly? Yeah. How would you say it? Sure. Of course, you know. You kind of know. <laughs> you know yeah, just yeah. Like, but you didn't find it discouraging teaching because the environment was good. Because the environment was good, my kids were good. But I did have the epiphany, and I think normally things happen like people have epiphanies when things are going, you know, bad. Yeah. But I remember this <laughs> day other, being perfect. Different type of epiphany. Yeah, yeah I yeah. remember this day in that classroom being perfect. They were so well behaved. Yeah. They were motivated. It was quiet. And I remember standing there watching them be like stellar students. And I thought, oh, I, I can't do this. Huh. And I didn't know what I was going to do. But I knew, I, I'm telling you, I knew. I it was wasn't like, a sad moment? No, it was the, it was an aha moment. You just saw your whole life. Yeah, I'm like, this is not, this yeah. is actually not the plan. This is not the path. Mm. And then my friend was like, I'm moving. My friend like was a spoken word artist at the time, and she was like, I'm moving to L. A. I'm gonna be famous. And I'm like, How'd she do? <laughs> I mean, I'm more Googleable. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. she's. I think she's doing okay. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm definitely. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you picked a more uh, uh, a broader uh, format, uh, medium comedy. Yeah, you know, spoken yeah. word's pretty specific. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. She could be huge in that world, and we wouldn't know. Yeah, I mean, she's an actor now. But... Okay, uh, so you had that epiphany. Well, yeah, I think that's interesting that it happens. That those epiphanies, the epiphanies that happen in bad spaces are usually sort of like, oh, fuck, I gotta, yeah. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Yeah. I gotta change. It's like rock bottom. Right. Yeah. But the epiphanies that happen just passively are kind of, I, I would, it would be, I would, they're more interesting. Yeah. Because you don't know where it came from. You just realized that you just weren't, because it, it wasn't even unhappy, really. But you know what? I think, I never thought about this until just this yeah. moment. It's like sometimes things have to be perfect for you because that's when it was the most quiet. Sure. I think if it was chaotic, I don't know if I would have gotten the message. Or you, you could know? trust it even. Yeah, but it was so quiet. Yeah. And I was so peaceful. Uh. And then it just came. It was like, and I mean, I may have physically done that. Like, 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 I, yeah. like close my, like wow. my head shook. Like, oh, exciting? God, you got to get out of here. Yeah. Oh, you so know? it was that you had, you had to yeah, go. Yeah, I had to. It's like, oh, But you no. didn't know what? I didn't know, but I but I then I moved to L.A. because you know. But, but so you just moved to L.A. to act, she, like she, well, she said to be famous, and I knew I couldn't let her be famous without me. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to be the friend of the famous person? Yeah, nobody. So you had to go out there and be famous too. So that yeah, that was it. I I was like I'm gonna be famous too how i don't know really i mean i have parameters i have boundaries in my life i knew i wasn't gonna do porn <laughs> you know <laughs> so that, you drew that line yeah too. like i'm too much of a this, prude you nah, know like yeah. i knew i wasn't gonna do porn i knew i wasn't gonna do it's just sort of sad that was on the table as you're heading out <laughs> let's make a list 
of how we're not going to be famous. I knew I wasn't going to do porn. I knew I wasn't going to rob a uh, rob a bank. You know what yeah. I'm saying? There's certain things that are like really on the far sides of the spectrum that I knew I wasn't going to do. Well, the good for you. You know, but but comedy wasn't really. No, comedy was not even a thought, or even I didn't even think that it was something that I could do. I never thought about it. Did you watch comedy? Yeah, I loved comedy. You did. My mom snuck me into a comedy club when I was like 11. Do you remember it? I do. Who was on? I don't remember the specific comedians, but I think at the time the host was. Where was it? Was it like the West End, like the West End Gate, the West, the one up by uh, Columbia? No, it was. Uh, it was in Harlem. It was. It was like Uptown Comedy Club. Oh, Uptown or Comedy Club. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Greer Barnes. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, but but even in even like uh, in college, I would go to the cellar. Sure, I would go to the Boston Comedy Club, and that would be like where I would pregame. The Boston. Yeah. Hmm. When I was like fr- a freshman in college, I yeah. would pregame. Where'd there you go to college? Before I went to City College. Okay. In New York. Yeah. Sure. But my friend, she went to NYU. Yeah. And so she, that was her like stomping ground, mm-hmm. you know. And so we would go there before we went to like before we were legal to be in nightclubs and everything. Yeah. We would just go to comedy clubs. Yeah. We knew some of the comedians, so they wouldn't ask for our ID. Yeah. And then we would go to part, go to like nightclubs after that. Yeah. Nobody, we would, we were like young, pretty girls. Yeah. So they didn't ask for our, our IDs. We were just New in York. there partying. Who were the comics you knew back when you were in high school? Uh, Keith Robinson. Keith. Um, I remember watching him. Um, Greer, definitely. Yeah. Bill, uh, Bill Burr was like one of my favorite people yeah. to see and watch when I was like 18 years old. When he had all that hair? I guess. Yeah, yeah, that I don't red hair. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember the attitude sure, and the sure. anger. Yeah, you, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like the rant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. And then, and then I remember being at the comedy store years later, sitting next to Bill Burr. Oh, yeah. And I was like, you know, you're one of my favorite comedians. He was like, what? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. He was like, shut up. Like I'm why, like, why, yeah. Why would he be surprised? <laughs> It was more surprising that you were there that long. I wonder what year that was. Neil Brennan still a door guy at the Boston? Ooh, no. This was like around like 2003, 2004. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was out. So like the Boston was almost over. Oh, probably. yeah, exactly. I remember Kevin Hart like before he was like Kevin Hart. Sure. You know? Yeah, I do too. That wasn't yeah. that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did. I don't know. Uh, he just took over the world somehow. Mm-hmm. So when you get out here, what what did you start doing first? Did you guys get a place? What, what tell me, tell me the horrible uh, the horrible entrance into Los Angeles? I got a place, a three hundred square foot apartment in Silver Lake. Um, three hundred square feet. That's a closet. Yeah, it, my you can see everything. The kitchen from the the the, the living huh. room, the, like everything. It was right next to a bus stop, so I heard every time the bus came. But it yeah. made me feel like I was back home, so it sure. was comforting. Yeah. Um, need a little bit of noise. Yeah, need yeah, a yeah. little bit of noise. Yeah. Um, I uh, so I had a bit of success when I first got here because you know I was still like you know like very youthful looking. Yeah. And so I did like a lot of interstitials with Nickelodeon. Like they weren't. Did you have an agent commercial. or how'd you do no, it? You just went on just, a casting call. Yeah. Like I would just go look at like breakdowns and uh-huh. stuff like that, and it was like very easy for like I have a good smile. It was very easy for me to be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I can say lines like. Sure. You know. Yeah. Um. And but but then I taught. That's what that 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 makes Substitute? it easier. Yeah, when you when you can teach, yeah. it makes it you feel like you can move anywhere in the world. 
because oh. everybody always needs teachers. And you sign up for to be a substitute. Is I that signed how it up works? to be a substitute, and here's what I didn't know: when you sign up to be a substitute, yeah. like it's really hard to get placed in actual schools in LA because they have their go-to substitutes. So what you do first is they send you to like the jails. Really? Yes. And so they call them campuses. So you think you're going to like <laughs> Stuyvesant, but yeah. no, you go, are going to a jail, you know, like it may be like a juvenile detention center, but it's like a jail. So there's time, there were times where I remember two things, three things stick out to me. Once it was, I was, a, I was on a camp, like in a jail yeah. and, but they, they were able to learn together. So they were in the classrooms together. Yeah. And I remember sitting down at the desk, looking at like what I was supposed to cover. Yeah. And I guess there were like black gangs and like Mexican gangs. In, in, and, in your classroom. Yeah. And immediately one of the uh, black boys came in yeah. and immediately started yelling at one of the Mexican boys, you killed my cousin. Yeah. You killed my cousin. And I'm just, and then it was not like a big commotion, but it yeah. was like a, a clear standoff, yeah. you know? And yeah. I can't remember, like I didn't black out or anything, yeah. but I feel like I tried to get them under, like, please just have a seat. I have to go over. <laughs> 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 but I, re I remember being like, you know, I grew up in New York, so I wasn't like, I wasn't like completely naive. Right. So I was like, listen, that like I, I hit them with like the, the Michelle Pfeiffer uh, freaking Viola Davis I was like yo what you're saying sucks like that sounds awful but right now there's a lesson plan if let me at least get through this lesson plan <laughs> and I just remember like getting through that day yeah like them feeling like yeah like, like she's a reasonable person <laughs> that's reasonable yeah they let us come into the classroom all she's trying to do is yeah. her job let's yeah. let her what you got to teach teach yeah. you know and I remember going through it and that was I remember that wasn't the last day that, that I did a jail but I was like okay I definitely can't go into a jail where they have like commute communal learning right yeah. So then, and then these jails are not like, this is not like LA proper. Yeah. You're freaking driving, yeah. you know, near Six Flags. You're driving like to, right, to freaking right, right. way deep in the valley yeah, yeah, for yeah. these things. Yeah. Um, Selmar or somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then uh, shortly after that, I go to a campus and the, some of them, like, so everybody is like really in their cells, but their their cells surround like the common area. Yeah, yeah. And some people have the privilege to be in that common area and be learning in that common area. And I didn't have a lot of kids. And these are all boys. So it's yeah. like maybe like seven or eight boys. But right when I'm there that day, a fight breaks out. Yeah. A fight breaks out. And so they start to like try to lock everybody back in. But I'm already with like like guys uh, yeah. you know like young guys but yeah. guys, you know anywhere from like 16 to maybe like 21 yeah, or something yeah. you know there and and i'm in this this guy I, I can't even tell you what he looks like now he just protected me huh yeah, yeah. protected me until the threat was like you know squashed and then i remember thinking that day okay i cannot go to jails anymore <laughs> <laughs> it got scary. Yeah, it's like you know, fool me one shame, fool me. It's like you gotta say you're driving. You don't even have the gas. Why are you putting yourself in? Yeah. As much as I have been lucky enough for the these young men to have some sort of respect right. to like, right? You know, sure. But it's like there were dangerous situations. And then the last time I remember, the last time I taught in, within this like program. Yeah. I went to a place on Wilshire. 
that doesn't look like a school, but it's like learning within like a building. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I remember it was all going fine. The kids weren't really listening to me, but I wasn't in like any threat of danger. Yeah. Um, and then during my lunch break, I sat in like what was considered, I guess, like the teacher's lounge or something. Yeah. And I'm eating grapes and like this 16 year old, really good looking 16 year old, 16 year old boy comes in the room and he's like, can I have some grapes? And I'm like, you really want now? Th- just remember, I'm like 24 at the time, so I'm 24. But he probably thinks that I'm closer to his age, yeah, right? Right. And so he's like, "I'm um, can I have some grapes?" And I'm like, "You really want grapes?" And he was like, "I mean, yeah, I want to. I want some grapes, and I want to like get to know you." <laughs> <laughs> when I tell you, I laughed so hard, and then I was like, "I was," I said, "Oh, you think I'm younger than I am?" I said, "Here, I'm going to give you some grapes, yeah. but I'm gr- like, I'm, I'm, I'm a complete adult." Yeah. So sit down. Let's have some grapes. We can like, like, let me get to know you, but like. You know, this ain't happening. Respectfully. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, you know, I could be your auntie. <laughs> I could be your old. I remember saying that to him, like, I could be your older sister. Like, yeah, yeah. You have know. that land. He, it's, it was like completely. I'm telling you, like, I think a lot in a lot of situations, how I respond, people go, ah, that's reasonable. Sure. And also you're grounded, you know? Yeah. You know, you know you're know, you in your body and you know what you feel and and you have uh, principles. Yeah. So, you know, they're not going to fuck with you. Yeah. It helps in comedy. I mean, it's been saving me yeah. so far. Sure. I, I, I mean, a lot of people don't and they're kind of ungrounded or they, you know, and, and they're nervous and they're afraid. I, I imagine growing up with, you know, 12 siblings Mm-hmm. In the situations, like, you know, you, you got to be pretty diplomatic and, and but also sort of strong, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm a middle kid. But also, too, it's like I think a lot of people I probably because I did grow up with so many different personalities. Yeah. It's like I can pretty much see like, oh, that oh, this this reminds me of my brother. Or sure. This remind, you know, familiar um, somehow. Yeah. Exper- you have experience with it. Yeah. With every different kind of kid in yeah, a way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I also remember having this thought when I related to a friend of mine when I when I was done with that day, I was like, wow, it's like I have no interest in like a little kid. Yeah. But like if I were in a different place in my life, maybe feeling like constantly rejected yeah. or insecure. Sure. Um, it's like that was a good looking kid yeah who was interested in me. you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah, and sure. people who like thank god i was kind of like have always been like my baseline is pretty secure yeah you know that's good because i was like this is how it happened sure you know it's how people like, get people, into trouble pe- this is how people get into trouble even when i became a comedian i used to feature for jimmy schubert you know who jimmy oh schubert God. is yeah of course i know jimmy <laughs> schubert <laughs> I used to feature for Jimmy Schubert when I first started. Him and I go way back. <laughs> and yeah, There's a lot of lessons to learn there. Yeah, he was the first person to take me on the road with him. Yeah. When I was on stage, we would be, like, I remember we did we did a bunch of clubs, in, like all the improvs in Florida. Oh, my right? God. And I remember being on stage and the women. Yeah. They could be on dates. They could be sitting right next to their even male partners. So these aren't even queer women. Yeah. Right? They could be sitting next to their husbands and they would be like flirting with me, winking at me, uh, mouthing things to me, doing things with their breasts while I'm on stage. Like and, and I would be on stage thinking like, oh, my God, 
imagine if I were a guy who was like like susceptible to the you know yeah. what I'm saying like yeah. they would come up to me after the show feel on me do, you know and I'm like this is like a tough this is like but that 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 sounds is that something that has continued throughout your career I mean it sounds like Florida <laughs> oh well yeah I mean yeah that might have just been Florida now that I think about it I never I never really Florida is weird I never separated it I mean no women do flirt yeah you know they do flirt with but me but that sounded like heavy like that, <laughs> no I, I mean it was so much so that I remember it right like, I don't remember women men and women come to my shows all sure. the time yeah and do what they do right you know? but that I remember feeling so uncomfortable with what a specific woman was doing to me while I was on stage. And I was only up there for 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. And I was thinking like, wow, imagine if I was like a single guy, you yeah, know, yeah. like a single guy interested in this. This, you know, yeah. this would be my playground. Sure. I, I mean, I think my experience is a lot of people get into entertainment uh, because they do get attention yeah. from women. Mm-hmm. That w- that's a prime motivator. Yeah. Early on. Yeah. I don't think it's the same for women. No, no. I don't think. I can't. So. I don't know that I've talked to any women that are like, I'm going to be. I want to do comedy so these guys will hit on me. Yeah. When I get off the when I get off stage sometimes. Yeah. And I find this very in- like I I know they think they're complimenting me, but I find it very insulting. But I just smile. They'll be like, Are you a model? Yeah, and I'll be like, no, no, no! You just saw me do an hour of yeah, comedy, yeah. and they're like, but you know, it could be easy. Like, you don't have to do this. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, did you did you find me funny? <laughs> and they're like, no, yeah, like we loved you, but you know, like there's an easier road sure. for you. And I'm like, yeah, that's so crazy. That's crazy. But you knew that it could have been easier. Did you ever think that? No, because I I've never like looked at my life like that. Like, mm. like. There's certain privileges that are always cherries on top, right, of any situation. But I don't think that that's what was, I don't think that that's how I was prepared for the world. Yeah, also, it's it's fundamentally shallow, and it would probably be self-deceiving to do that. Yeah, but also, even if I did think that, what I'll never do is go up to a... Think I'll never. I'm not gonna go up to a magician after yeah. I've watched an hour of his magic show and, say, and then yeah. say, you know, you could be a wrestler. Sure, sure. Yeah. I'm never yeah, yeah. gonna do it. He. Yeah, I think it's. But that, I think that's one of these general kind of weird. Your know, comedy is the realm of of runty people. Yeah. So I, I think that it was probably meant as a genuine compliment. Absolutely. That, that, that's sort of like, yeah, you know, you don't look like other comics. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, and I think people, that's, I'm sure that's what she was, you know, what people sure. are thinking. But that's not what comes, what no, you think and what comes yeah, out yeah, of your yeah. mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can be drastically different. Of course, and how we take things. Yeah. You know, I, I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I, when I, for years when I was doing the podcast, people would be like, they would come to the the comedy shows, and they just start talking to me about my life and about the podcast. I'm like, did you the comedy? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. But yeah. did you get that thing fixed in your house? I'm like, but so when do you start doing comedy? How does that happen? Um, I started doing comedy uh, in the end of 2010. Yeah. Yeah, and so you're, I, you're substitute teaching. You're doing interstitials for Nickelodeon. Yeah, for picking like, up work here and there. Yeah, for like the, my first two years out yeah. here, and um, Ian Edwards, uh-huh. is a comedian. Yeah, he says, "Hey, um, you know, 
BET is casting for this show. They need funny girls. And I'm like, well, I'm not. How'd you know Ian? I met him one day uh, at the cellar. Oh, back in the day. But not, no. Like, he was visiting New York. Oh, okay. And he was doing a spot at the cellar. And he knew all the other comedians that I had gotten familiar with. So. Did you remember? I remember Ian when he had uh, dreads. I didn't know him. I never, yeah. After I met him and got to know him, he showed me those those pictures. (laughs) The headshots. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, like he was heavier. He had dreads. I'm like, oh, this is a completely different person. That's how how I remember when he started. Yeah. Yeah. So he, so he just, so you knew him. You met him. Yeah. So he, and so, like, when I was in college, my friend and I, we used to come here, like, on spring break. Mm. And I remember once my uh, she, I don't know how, but for one spring break we came here, it was when Soul Plane had mm-hmm. premiered. Mm-hmm. And we went, to, we were, like, we went to the premiere. Yeah. Like, everything. Yeah. And that was, just, for, for me, like, L.A. was so, for, that was, like, the dream because... I would come here during spring break. It's like you come here for a long weekend, you eat brunch, you go to the beach, and you go to freaking A-list parties, you know, because you're just like a young, cute girl. Yeah. And then when you move here, it's a rude awakening. Yeah. Well, for me, it was. Yeah. It was a. It was like, oh my god, I don't know anybody. I'm so lonely. I can be pretty lonely here. It's so freaking lonely. I would. I I I lived in Silver Lake. I I lived like at the. With your friend though, were you living with your friend? No, by myself. Okay. But she lived like um. Maybe like three blocks, yeah. like walking distance away yeah. from me. Um, I would get up, having nothing to do, I would get up and walk from Silver Lake to Beverly Hills <laughs> yeah. to Santa Monica. Oh, no. To, it's like that New York thing. It's like, I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk. I would go into open houses on the way. That's just like, sad. Like, mm, how much is this going for? <laughs> <laughs> it can be pretty isolating here, and it can really break you. Yeah, yeah. So Ian tells you he says so. So Ian casting. tells me Ian says that they're casting. For yeah, they, yeah, they need funny women. That, yeah. That's what he says. He, they need not funny. They need funny black girls. That's yeah. what he said. Yeah. And I said, well, I don't know why you called me. Yeah. And he was like, because you're funny. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah. He said, you are funny. <laughs> Just. Go. I said, I don't know. I mean, I'm arguing with him. Yeah. I don't know what you're mm-hmm. talking about, or maybe you don't know. Like, I know yeah. we don't know each other well, but <laughs> what I'm not is funny. Yeah. And he's like, "Just go." Right. I end up going. Yeah. They end up casting me for this prank show. I yeah. end up pranking a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, it, I, I've made friends, you yeah. know, with the other cast people. Um, some are like my close friends to this day. Yeah. And after that, I started, I, I went, I started taking classes at Groundlings. I started doing like I've joined a bunch of like sketch groups, started sketch groups, perform like really, we'll perf- yeah, we we'll perform like at the Improv and yeah. the Comedy Store oh, like, yeah. with a sketch group, you know. Um, and then so you found a community, yeah, yeah. And then one day, out of nowhere, yeah, I went to a comedy show. My friend said, um, uh, "I'm come with me to this comedy show." And I was like, she was like, yeah, it's all women. Yeah. Um, and my friend is performing. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go. And I went and I didn't really enjoy it. Watching it? Yeah. I didn't really find those. Was particular... it like a mic? No. Or was it, was it like a, a real show? It was a real show. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't find them very funny. Sure. And I think something clicked in me then because it wasn't like I didn't just have like a basic opinion. Like, they're just not funny to me. I was picking it apart. Right. I was picking apart like, huh, I wonder why she would say this. When yeah. they, but this is the joke. Like, I mean, that that oh, yeah, yeah. out of nowhere yeah, was yeah. happening this in my mind. This is the second epiphany. Yes. <laughs> Another um, calm epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I didn't know this. I didn't know this, but 
later, this casting director that I now know, I went to I went to Vegas with a friend. Yeah. Uh, and we went to a big like comedy. I think they did like Def Comedy Jam. Like when Def Comedy uh-huh. Jam came back, they did like a Vegas show of it. Yeah. And I remember she I remember coming back and reenacting everybody's sets. And when I saw this casting director later, like after I I'd started working as a comedian, she was like, you know, I knew you were going to be a comedian before you knew. And I was like, no, how did you know? And she was like, because that like we were at my boyfriend's apartment, like she was with uh, my boyfriend's roommate. Yeah. So that's the reason why we were in the same vicinity, you know, like that's, yeah. that's what brought us together that day. She was like that day when you were in, you know, at your boyfriend's house, she was like, and you just launched into imitating all the comedians and then like rewriting the things that you felt like didn't work. She said, I knew in that moment what you were going to do, although I knew you didn't know it yet. And I was like, very interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And then I remember one day I was working like a nine to five. I was working a friend of mine uh, at the time was like a manage a manager and he had to fire his assistant. He's like, can you come and, you know, be my show business manager? Yeah, yeah, talent manager. And he's like, could you be my assistant? Um, and I'm like, yeah, I need, you know, I could use the money. I always tell this story and I I, I feel so bad now telling it, but it, it's the truth. The only reason why I said yes is because at the time I was window, I was like virtual, vir- like virtually window shopping on Net-A-Porter. And I saw these $1,500 uh, Chloe boots that I just had to have. <laughs> yeah. I just had to have them. Yeah. And I'm like, how can I? And so right as I'm trying to debate, like, do I pay my rent or do I get these boots? He calls and is like, can you come work? And I'm like, can you buy me these boots? I was like, how much will I (laughs) how much will I make by the end of the week? And it was like a close enough amount to the boots. And I was like, yeah. And I called one of my sisters and I'm like, I just got a job, but I need you to send me money now for these boots. (laughs) I'll yeah. give it back to you in a week. I just got a job. I yeah, promise you yeah. did. And my sister bought, purchased the boots for me. I sent her my first check. I sent it all to my sister. Yeah. And I had those boots for years. I recently sold them on a vintage website. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Somebody else wanted the what boots. What kind after. of boots? They were, they were Chloe boots. They were thigh-high boots. Oh. Here's the reason why they were important to me, Mark. Yeah. This is a really big part of my story that I never talk about. Yeah. When I was 17 years yeah. old, I got hit by a truck. Really? Yeah. Why would you lie about that? But like bad? Was it, was it oh, bad? super bad. Can I get up? Yeah. Oh my God. That's a massive scar. So the, the truck ran over your legs? So. <laughs> wow. So the truck, the truck kind of like pinned me in between a car oh, and the truck. Oh my God. When you were crossing the street? I was pushing the back of the car because the car turned up, like shut down. But I don't uh, know how it shut down because I'm at the time. I'm you like, were driving it? No, I'm 17. I was a New York City kid. Like I had no you concept of out? cars. Yeah. Uh, I was a passenger. Oh. And then the car just shut off. So I don't know if it was gas. I don't know if it was. Oil. I don't I didn't know how cars worked. Yeah. You know, I, I would be better starting up a train yeah. before I could tell you how a car works. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, but the driver was like, the, the gas station was so close. And the driver was like, just get out and push. And me and the other girl in the car, it was three of us in the car. So yeah. one stayed in and then two of us got out and pushed the back of the car. And then as I, I remember getting out and pushing and I remember like joking with the guy I had just had new sneakers and I was like, this better not mess up my <laughs> sneaker. Yeah. And then I woke up in an ambulance 
for like a few seconds. And I remember the ambulance, uh, the, the, you know, ambulance driver. I remember one of them yeah. cutting off my clothes and asking me like, what, what, uh, like who was the president or yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, you think I know who the president, I can't vote yet. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know who the president is. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I yeah. probably knew, but right. whatever. Sure. Um, and yeah, drunk driver. So the boots were so important because they were th- they were like they were like fashionable, but also they served a very practical purpose. They cover in my everything life. up. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh my god, I'm gonna be freaking so fly, but yeah. also they're going to, you know, mask this yeah. thing that happened to me. Yeah. So I had to get these boots. How long did it take to recover from that? Um. I don't know if I've ever fully recovered. Like I'm like that. It's a part of me now. No, but I mean like just the physical therapy and everything. I mean, it sounds oh, like maybe it looks like a like year it and must a half. Have been a year. Yeah. yeah. But even now, like you know, I'm like really active. But still, these this causes complications that maybe someone who is as like active and fit as me yeah. wouldn't have. That I have to be mindful how, well, of how, and aware of. Well, I mean, how what got broken? Both tib fibs in both legs. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, I have like hip damage. Uh, yeah, I have a bar like a metal rod in my left leg. Um, a lot of like, so you saw the bottom, but like the top is like a lot of skin grafting because you just like you have to take the skin from somewhere. Yeah. To, so yeah, it's like I have like limited, like almost no dorsiflexure in my left ankle. But that's what's so. That's 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 why when I'm on stage and I'm like. I mean, you hear my comedy. It's very personal, yeah. you know. And so sometimes when people like reduce me to like, you're just so beautiful. I'm like, you don't even know me. You don't even know that half of it. Yeah, you know? yeah like, sure. Why don't don't label me because it erases me. In a way. Yeah. I tried to tell jokes about uh, the accident, though, very early in my career. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember thinking it was very not thinking it was funny but thinking like this is how you overcome things You, how yeah. do I make this and eventually I will you haven't yet though no I did it one one they don't believe me huh I did it one time on a show on uh, Joe Kim Booster's show and they didn't believe me and then I pulled just like I did to you then I pulled my pants up and I showed them yeah. and then every, they were like oh <gasps> And then everything I said after that, they were able to laugh. But if I don't show them, it's like they almost they I think they think like I'm trying to be like, oh, she's just a hot girl trying to do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, to undercut her. Yeah. It's like it's like, you know, when you see like a skinny girl that's like, I feel fat today. It's like, bitch, shut up. You know what I'm saying? I think that's how they look at me. But then when I show them, it's odd that it's it's odd that comedy is difficult for pretty women. My my second wife. (laughs) <laughs> was a comic and she oh, was really? a model before that and you know it there was just a lot of focus on you know trying to be humble yeah around being beautiful because it's not like a beautiful people's game yeah. you know what i mean no it's not and it's it, it's actually an obstacle yeah right yeah it's an obstacle but it's also an obstacle no one wants to hear about yeah, well, that's it. You yeah. know, you can't complain. Yeah, you can't. You but you like, got to be almost have to be more funny. You have to get them to forget. Yeah, exactly. You can't, you know, like either that or hypersexualize. Yeah. For a character. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that must have been just. Uh, so you were homebound for a year. I was in a hospital there. for a year. Oh my God, that's like life defining. <laughs> Did you think you were going to die? 
Or wasn't it like that? I did not think that I was going to die. Because Do you think you were ever going to be able to walk correctly? I still don't walk correctly, but you don't know that. I know that. No, I'm going to watch. Yeah, watch. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> uh, but, um, but you didn't think you were going to die. I didn't think I was going to die because I have no recollection of the trauma. Mm. I know all the trauma of the aftermath trauma. Sure. But not the... Hitting of the... Yeah. yeah. You, you just know, went out immediately. But here's when I knew I could take a joke. Yeah. So I'm laying in a hospital. I'm in ICU. Yeah. And I'm like my face, like my head is like laying to the left side, right? Yeah. And at this point, I've been like basically in a like in a in a medically induced coma, right? To bring to to bring down. Yeah. The, you know, just the pain, like to like I'm going through surgeries and How stuff. How long were you in a medically induced coma? Like probably about two weeks. Wow. Right. Yeah. And so, and it's traumatic for my family. Like yeah. My my dad has to stop where he has to come, and now he's you know like by my side because this didn't happen in New York. I was I was visiting in Atlanta. Right. So I'm away from home. So my mom gets a call like you're they, they tell my mom that I'm dead. I'm not dead. You know, like it's traumatic. Right? Oh, my but God. But I'm, I'm, I am not conscious through any of yeah. this. Right. Yeah. I wake up to people by my side, you know, but I'm <laughs> I'm in the bed and I'm in the hospital bed and my head is to like is like leaning to the left. So you can only see what you can only see the right side of my face. Mm. Right. But the right side of my face was really traumatic. I'm surprised that without any plastic surgery to my face, that it it healed. Like that, I that I looked the way I have. I have had no plastic surgery, nothing to my what face. Did, what happened? Did you get dragged on the road? How did like how did it get so bad? It, you were pinned between two cars, but then did you? What happened? How'd you? I think so. So from how it was told to me, I was pinned between two cars, yeah. and then the truck backed up and then drove off. And a woman who saw it in her car followed the truck and called the cops on her cell phone and the cops cut him off at an intersection. So I think for me, just fall, I think uh, it's just like the 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 glass, the oh breaking yeah. of the glass, the fall, you know, just like the hitting the concrete, you know, being like I was knocked unconscious. So the, what glass broke? I don't know, but I definitely had like a lot of cuts and oh gashes. Like I have them all over. If you look at my body, I have them all over. Wow. I have them all over. Yeah. L like little things that people wouldn't notice. I have them all over, like in my scalp. Like I have them all over. Okay. They, uh, they, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but. So well, you're laying to the left. Yeah. And so my face, you, it, I'm unrecognizable, right? It's, uh -huh. it's not just swollen, but it's cut up. It's, it's, it's everything, uh -huh. right? So my high school basketball coach, yeah. he comes, he, that, I guess he came to like, because we, me and the other girl, we were like his athlete. Like we were his freaking like kids. So you were you a know? basketball star. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. So, so he comes down and I, this is what wakes me up. Like this is the first thing that brings me to consciousness, yeah. right? I hear him saying my name yeah. and I'm like, what is and then I'm like, oh, that's like people, you know, and he sees the right side of my face, which is like unrecognizable. Yeah. And I hear him say, that's not, I hear him like crying. Like, that's not Zainab. That's not Zainab. That's like, that can't be her. She was, she was, she was not only like an athlete, but she was also the same in comedy. Like she's our, she didn't have to play basketball. She could have been a mom. You get what I'm saying? It was that same. It like, no, that can't be her. She yeah. doesn't look like yeah. that. 
And then because I hear him saying that, I turn over to look in his direction. And then the left side of my face is complete, is regular. Yeah. And so he says, oh, shit, it's the Phantom of the Opera. (laughs) (laughs) And I just bust out laughing. And I didn't, of course, like at that moment, you know, I'm 17 years old. I don't think like, oh, I could take a joke. But when I think back on, I'm like, I I could take a joke. Yeah. I laughed in that moment. So that was, well, did you have dreams of being a professional athlete and all that? Or, yeah. or at least playing in college and all that stuff? Yeah, I think that the the, the WNBA was like a few years in, you know? And oh. so it, it felt more possible than anything. And you were a good player? Yeah. So it, it So felt, this whole thing shattered your life? Yeah. And we, it, and, we, and we just brought it up an hour into a conversation. <laughs> but you know what, Mark? I don't see it as shatter. I see it as a pivot. Sure. No, I get it. But I mean, it's a big transition yeah you know it, it, you overcame yeah i get it and in retrospect it's a pivot yeah. but when you're 17 you know i i don't know that you were laying in that bed going like this is just a pivot no it definitely felt like 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 life ending. life ending absolutely yeah but my boyfriend still loved me and that meant a lot same boyfriend same uh, we, we're not together now but yeah oh, he, oh. no 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 we're oh. not together now <laughs> i was no. gonna say wow he's no, really no but he came to one of my comedies he Years ago, when I was a new a, a yeah. JFL new face, he yeah. came to my In Montreal. Showcase. Yeah. yeah, he came to my showcase. Do you live audition. up there? No, oh, oh the audition. It huh? was yeah, it yeah. was in New York. He came to my showcase audition, and I did really. I had a shaved head, and I remember he was looking at me like he couldn't believe yeah. that I was the girl that he had been with like boy, we were boyfriend and girlfriend from like 15 to 19 you know like he couldn't but he was looking at me like I was an alien like wow look look at look at you yeah you know? like was he happy for you he was yeah but still like sh- you could tell like speechless yeah speechless and like you're funny like speechless yeah oh my god that's crazy and then when I start working for this um, manager? this manager, yeah, I you got de- your boots. I got my boots, <laughs> but I was there for like two, uh, you know working for like a week for him turned into six months. Yeah. And what I knew was I knew that I didn't move to LA to like sit in somebody's office sure. and answer phones. Yeah. And so right at that same time, that's when I saw the con- that's when I saw that comedy show, and yeah. I was pick- I was like rewriting people's material. Sure. Yeah. And so I remember Googling. I lived in North Hollywood at the time. Yeah. I remember Googling open mics near me. Yeah. <laughs> and it was this hookah lounge. Yeah. Um, and I remember it said first come, it said first come for, you know, like five minutes. You got to buy something like you got to buy oh, yeah. like a coffee or something. Yeah. You got to buy five dollars worth of something, a five dollar minimum. <laughs> and you get shot. five minutes. Yeah. Wow. And you sign up first 20 people to sign up, get to go up. And I remember leaving work that day. I remember saying, you know, I'm putting in my two weeks notice. Yeah. Leaving work that day going to the open mic and I needed it to be close to my house because I didn't think it was going to be good. Yeah. I was like, I need to just do this, feel how it feels. And then when it's bad, like I'll, I'll just go home. Nobody will ever know this happened. Right. Right. right yeah. I told one friend. It's anonymous. Almost. Yeah. I told yeah. one friend. Yeah. I wrote down what I thought was material. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it all started, I remember the first thing was with my family. I uh-huh. always started with my family. Yeah. And they laughed. I mean, to the point where people who were outside smoking hookah, yeah. they came in. And this is just in, I didn't even do the whole five minutes. Yeah. This was like, I'm like three and a half, four minutes in, 
and they're enjoying you know open mics are freaking tough people they're weird. Don't, yeah, they're, they're not there for weird. that people yeah. are not there for that yeah. comedians are like I want to get up there try my shit out yeah there's 20 comics yeah, and, and three people who didn't know there was a comedy exactly. show exactly and they're <laughs> yeah. like what the fuck I'm you know and so they and it's going well so I stopped I'm like, oh my God, you guys are laughing. And they're like, yeah, keep going. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, no, I'm going to stop while I'm ahead. <laughs> and I get off stage. And my friend, right when I walk out the door, my friend walks, like I, my, the friend, the one friend who I told, yeah. she's like just arriving. Yeah. And I'm like, she's like, how was it? I was like, I think I'm going to do comedy. <laughs> And she was like, girl, I told you you were funny. I'm like, what? She was like, Zainab, you're funny. And I was like, okay. I said, I, I think I can be good at this. Yeah. And then, so so here's like another sidebar. And me like uh, becoming friends with Ian. Yeah. I remember that day I remembered something that Ian told me one day when I was talking to him, which was one day I called Ian and he's like, I'm like, Hey Ian, what you doing? And he's like, Oh, I just finished, you know, I just finished doing some spots. Yeah. And I, I'm still like a young girl hungry. Right. Yeah. So I'm yeah. just, I'm calling Ian like, can we go get some food? That yeah. was my goal. Yeah. Right. And so he, so he was like, I'm just finished some spots. And I was like, Oh, okay. I was going to see if you wanted to go get something to eat. He was like, he's like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll go get food with you. He was like, but just let me call you back because I'm like doing, like I'm recalling my set. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, oh, you know, when I'm done, like I either like listen to what I recorded or if I didn't record it, I have to like go over it in my head while yeah. it's fresh. Yeah. In that moment, I never, he said that to me. I'm like, well, call me back when you're ready to eat, right? Yeah. But now two and a half years later or whatever, when I did that open mic, I don't know why that clicked to me. Yeah. So I recorded the set that I did. Yeah. And so then the next day I listened to that set. I thought about, I rewrote it and I went to another open mic. Yeah. And then I n never stopped doing that. Yeah. That was it. I didn't start getting into, I did Last Comic Standing. You weren't getting into clubs before Last Comic Standing? You no. were doing mics? I was doing mics. And I remember. Huh. <laughs> that's a rare thing. Yeah. I remember that you um, actually like you know that's the way it should be. Yeah. Like a real talent show. Yeah. Like not some established has been or something. Yeah, I remember. So when I when I decided, oh shoot, this is what I'm I'm good I'm gonna I'm gonna I I do believe Mark that I could be good at a lot of things. Yeah. Um, Seems and like I it. am good at a lot of things, but. Uh, and I'm not fearful of stuff. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. the first thing is like you got to get past the fear. Right? right. The one thing I know I'll never be good at is singing. Like that's just not something that I can do. Okay. Right. Tone deaf everything. Yeah. Right. So, but aside from that, I'm like, now, yeah. Now I want to hear you try. <laughs> but, but, but do I believe I could write a song? Sure. Okay. You yeah. know? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> there's songwriters listening to this like. Oh boy. Yeah. Please. <laughs> yeah. But. So what I did was the moment I didn't feel like I had like a true. I didn't really know much about as much as I came to comedy shows out here. I didn't really know much about the comedy scene out yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a stronger connection with the comedy scene in New York. Sure, because so, you knew those guys. Yeah. So yeah. what I did was I would, you know, I'm from New York. Yeah. And my family is in New York. Yeah. So I would fly back to New York. Yeah. And I remember telling Keith Robinson. <laughs> I remember saying, um, I started doing comedy. Uh, but I need to get spots. Yeah. And he was like, um, 
okay, come to New York. And when I went to New York, I did the same thing. I just did open mics. I didn't go, I didn't show up at comedy clubs trying to get on. I just looked for every single open mic, you know? So and you moved back? No. You I just, just I would just book in like, you know, it's like, I live, yeah, stuff, yeah, so it's like, oh, I'm going to stay here for a month. Right. And I'm just going to do as many spot, as many open mics as I can yeah. in New York. Yeah. And then Keith says, meet me at Stand Up New York. Yeah. You're going to do the check spot. Oh. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> was <laughs> he hosting? Time. No. Okay. But he knew so he he had enough uh, leverage yeah. to say put her on. Yeah, yeah. When they're paying. Yeah. Yeah. I went up and did the check spot and I got off stage. And of course I was nervous and everything, yeah. but I got off stage and Keith says, "You got something." <laughs> he he didn't even want to say it. He did he, I mean, you know, Keith, yeah. he didn't want to give it to me. He said, "You got something." Right? <laughs> he was he checking. Said, <laughs> yeah. And he said, "Keep working. Keep working." How I got into clubs is all has always been very like, you know. So Keith comes. Keith is doing a show in yeah. LA with Kevin Hart. Yeah, they 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 were doing a showcase at the Improv, and um, Keith says, "Come down. I want you to do this set on Kevin's show." Yeah, you gonna you gonna you gonna be one of the opening comedians. I go down. I got my five minutes ready. Right. Yeah. Dave Becky is in the audience. I got my five minutes ready. Yeah. And um, nothing it's, happens yeah. from that. I do a good job. Like people yeah. think that I'm funny. Is Dave your guy? No, he's no. not. Oh. Uh, uh, but. The host was working with Wanda Sykes. Yeah. She had a show on, she had a show. Yeah. And he said, you gotta, Wanda has to see you. That's what he said to me. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, people tell you everything. I don't think anything of it. I never hear from Wanda. Yeah. Then like a few months later, he emails me. That guy, I gave him my email. He emails me and he said, I just wanted you to know, I just wanted you to see, I just wanted you to know that I kept my word. I thought that you were great. I think that you have, uh, you'll have an awesome career in this. And I just wanted to send you the email that I sent to Wanda. Okay. And so he sends me this, yeah. this whole thing, right? Shortly after, he said, but the show, you know, I didn't realize that the show, that the show was ending. Oh. So it, I, I was too late to get you in, yeah. right? Shortly after that, Wanda Sykes, is producing Last Comic Standing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. they call me in yeah. for an audition. Yeah. I'm not past at any clubs. I'm yeah. not where I'm I'm open micing. Yeah. But I mean diligently. You got some time. Yeah. But 15, I'm open, 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, mm, but I had about twelve. Twelve. <laughs> yeah. I had a I, I had Enough. probably like unworked thirty minutes. Yeah. But like confident I know this will do twelve 12 to 14 minutes. Yeah, yeah. You know? Because it's like Edward Mike's, you're doing f- five minute sets. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and I auditioned for Last Comic Standing. Yeah. And I remember. You know, it's just like four executives in a the room. They got your. They got a <laughs> yeah. bunch of. Files. Was Wanda there too? I saw as soon as I got on stage, she snuck in. Yeah. And I saw her sneak in, and I turned it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When I saw her sn- sneak in, <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, she's coming to check me out. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. And I, <laughs> I freaking went. Yeah. Um, and then I had another, I had a call back. And I remember when I got Last Comic Stand, and I remember that that's how Jimmy started taking me on the road. That was my, because we were on the same season of Last Comic Stand. Oh, and on, on okay. our taping, they don't air it like this, but that first night that yeah. we like got passed to the next round, the fir- you know, to the semifinals, 
I went on the 24th. I was the 24th comedian to go on it after being there for seven hours. Oh, my God. The audience had been there for about four or five hours. I was the 24th comedian and Jimmy was the 25th. But we killed it. And so after that, he after the last conversation, you know, he was like, you know, I need a feature because he was able to tour off of it. Like, you know, and he's like, I need a feature. You want to feed? And I'm like. Sure. And I was so recognizable from Last Comic Standing because I was this tall, thin, had a shaved head. Like people used to think that I won that season just because aesthetically I was who they remember. Well, how'd you, what did you come in? I was a semifinalist. I was on for like two. I got a little bit. I, I told you I had 12 minutes. Yeah. I did my first five minutes. Then I did my second five minutes. And, and then I it. was gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but it got you recognition. It got me right. So you went out with Jimmy and that's where you learned how to put the set together. That's where I learned how to put the set together. And then I think the thing that opened a lot of so so then right after that yeah. right after that I um I was auditioning for JFL. Yeah. And I got JF I got new faces. New faces, faces yeah. What, when it meant something, what year was that? Twenty fourteen. So you could still be kinda unknown. Mm-hmm. So it meant something. Yeah. Yeah. And also Keith again yeah he was taping his special yeah. this was the first club i got past that as a regular which is probably one of the most sought after clubs right with the seller the seller yeah i was opening for him for his his t- comedy central yeah. taping and the next and not two shows and i did you know well i remember kevin saying this is yes but you know just joking like roasting yeah, yeah, him yeah. and and the next day we were like sitting, like we were maybe having lunch or something. And he was like, I'm going to, you know, see, I'm going to get you an audition for the seller. Yeah. He said, so do for your best. Yeah. Yeah. And he texts Esty like, can she get an audition? She said, I saw her last night. She's passed. <laughs> that was easy. And Thank God. Was, yeah. And so you started working there? And I started working this out. So I went back to New York so much. As much as I lived in L.A., I went back to New York. Because once you get past the cellar, then it's like you could work at every other club in New York. Yeah. You know? And so that's where I got my spots. I wasn't really a part of the L.A. stand-up. Because I don't remember seeing you. Yeah. I wasn't really like a part like, of it. Until like, just after COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Until I, uh, whatchamacallit, I would just go back to New York. And that's where I would, even if I had something here, like something be like, oh, you're about to tape something or you have a showcase, I would book a trip to New York. So that was your place. Yeah. And that's where everyone knew you. Yeah. And that's where, that's why people are like, aren't you a new, oh, when did you move out here? And I'm like, I lived here the whole time. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So now what is this show you're on? We're, when you leave and you go, well, you're going to Montreal, but when, don't you have to start shooting again? Yeah, we start, I'm on upload. Um, Upload Third season? Yeah, we're shooting the third season. We go back to Vancouver to shoot um, in a month. You like Vancouver? I love Vancouver. Me too. I yeah. love it. I want to live there. Do you? Kind of. Really? Yeah. Like like that part of Canada or Canada generally, but or no. Well, I don't know. Like if it, I mean, it, it'd be Toronto or Vancouver, but I like the way Vancouver looks. But I, I know in feels, but it, I know it's rainy there a lot. But I mean, to, Toronto has like like brutal winters. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was there right before the pandemic. It was one one of my last. I went and did like a live podcast or something about yeah. live podcast show, and it was brutal. It be, I love that city. Good food. I love it. Mm-hmm. Vermont. It's like. Canada's New York, you yeah, know? Yeah, But... Too cold. Yeah, it's ooh, rough, huh? it's like you in Chicago in a winter. No kidding, yeah. yeah. So so you're going to go up to Montreal and do two weeks up there? Two and a half, yeah. Two and a half, just yeah. headlining? I'm always... I'm all, I'm so particular about taping material. What do you mean? You're afraid to burn it? I'm not afraid to burn it. You just want to burn it in the right place? Yeah, I like to burn it in the right place. I like to. I like for I things know, to I be know, in, yeah. you know? So, I'm sitting here trying to figure out something. Yeah. <laughs> 
what can I what, reuse? What, what can I repurpose? What are these 17 minutes don't matter? Yeah, exactly. It's not so much don't matter, but like I know that like I'm going to tape my HBO special in December. Mm-hmm. So I know there's shit in there mm-hmm. that, that it's not going to be December is too, it's too long. Yeah, yeah. So I can do it now. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I also recognize how, va- I didn't know this at first, but now I know how valuable our material is. It's it's literal IP yeah. coming out of our mouth. Mm. And I don't oft, I don't always think that people show how valuable I am. And I think that I, I used to be um, at a place where you just want to do everything and you want to do so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. And it's so like a gala show. That sounds good. That's a nice thing. That, that's always exciting at JFL. Like I remember when I was yeah. the new face and the people who was doing galas, I'm like, mm, I can't wait to be invited to do a gala. But now I do not look at it like that. I look, at it, I look at it. <laughs> you, I, I look at it truly like um, what do I gain from this? And what am I giving up for this? And is is it equal? And if it's not, it doesn't appeal to me in the same. I way. get it, you know. And it, but there's also this weird thing we have in our heads that you know. What, I, there are bits I like. I'll churn through hours and hours. I don't know how it happens, but mm-hmm. it happens. I'm running through hour and a half, two hours now. Mm-hmm. You know, of stuff mm-hmm. that's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Some of it's better than others. And there's this idea we have in our head that, you know, if we put it on TV in any way, that is dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, I don't know if that's all true. Because for me, like, there, was, like, there were decades where people didn't know who the fuck I was. Yeah. I've got four or five CDs worth of shit and maybe two specials where people didn't really know who I was. So yeah, I'm still a discoverable thing. You know, I'm not an arena guy. You know, I'm a, you know, 800 to 1200 seat guy, maybe 2000 in some cities. Mm-hmm. But my point is it's like it's sort of sad that we have this idea that once you put it out there it's done. That you can't tour on it. So, you're absolutely right, and that is not but that's not tr- like where I'm coming from. Hmm. So like so I'm I'm working on a special as well, right? Right. And so that means when I get up on stage, I try to be very intentional. So a lot of the work that I'm doing is towards the material that I plan on doing on the special. When right? are you going to shoot it? To be determined. Mm. <laughs> oh, is that self-producing? No. Oh, okay. No. You just don't know yet. Yeah. Okay. But... So... But what I don't want to do... See, I could go up on a show and work stuff out sure. but I do not like to work stuff out where people are taping it no I get it because then get they it. put I have a joke like that where that I did at a gala show at JFL and I watch that I, I watch it's I watch it in its infancy mm. and I'm like oh yeah this is better much joke. better now but sure. but what's cemented what they're playing what they're posting yeah. what they keep using because contractually they can is this this half done. Yeah, half done I version get it. of I get, it. I get it. I get it. I, I get don't it. like but it. No one's watching it. <laughs> no one. No one's watching it. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but 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 I get it. You know, like I used to do that on Conan all the time because he'd have me on. They used to give me that show when people would not show up. Mm-hmm. So on day of, day before, yeah. do you got anything? And I always do panel because I could do half baked jokes. Yeah. There's like hours of me doing Conan O'Brien sets of jokes that got much better and I used other places because no one was watching. Yeah. And they just became better jokes. But I get it. But we have our own sort of. We're we're hard on ourselves like that because there's part of you probably can knowing that's out there you're like I can't do that joke in any form, 
you know, on TV again anyways, or no? Sometimes, yeah. Mm. But if it's like, I don't know, like the stuff this. The stuff that's like special to me, yeah. it's like that's the stuff that I'm trying to figure out and it's causing me frustration. Some nights it's really fun, but some nights it's like unlocking like what this joke is really about or what I'm trying to say and then what's funny about, you know what I'm saying, like yeah. in a funny way. That's really, that is what's occupying my mind and my spirit right now. And so I don't, maybe I maybe I need to just like let go and and not take it to but I'm just a really intentional person no you're working on an hour and you yeah, want and, and you so want it to have I, so. I don't need the I don't need the nuisance yeah, of like it. trying to figure out five minutes a, you know a seven sure, minute set yeah. for, for a gala I, believe I, me I I'm right there <laughs> I took I got this fucking gig two years ago <laughs> two years ago and now I'm working on an hour, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna fucking do ten minutes and then a seven minutes. Yeah, but but um, but I'm most looking forward to the two nights where I get to just run my hour. At yeah, me too. That's I'm gonna what do I'm that. looking forward yeah. to. I'm gonna do know? that too. Yeah, of course. So, because you're working it out. And if anybody records, I'm gonna freaking. I don't. I must have nice fans. No one ever fucking records me. Really. Nah. So wait, even when you, how how is that? Even being on TV, like people don't show up and just record you? No, it's weird. I never see anything. I never like and put it on YouTube or something. No, they. That's the that's the strange thing about when people record. <laughs> what I'm like, I ask, I ask people sometimes when I watch them record other comedians. I'm like, you just, I just watch you record for. Are you gonna rewatch this or do you send it to your friends? Do you post? They're like, oh no, I'm never, I'll never post this. And I'm like, so what do you do with it? Like, yeah. The cl- like we don't have that much phone space on our phones, and they're like, I don't know. It's just like I just I think I want, it's yeah. funny. I like it, so I just record it. Yeah, so they they they, they were there. Yeah, but to, to, but they don't show anybody. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I but I don't see it. Most of my audience are grownups. I was so. gonna say I didn't want to be. I was gonna say, do you have an older audience? Yeah, yeah. I do now. Thank they're God. not pulling out. They're not pulling out camera phones. But the not young too kids, much. yeah, the young kids, they watch you through the the camera. I know. Lens. I know. It's weird. But I guess that's the way it is. And also, you know, people record because in the hopes that something happens. And then they can. And they get it. Yeah. They've they've documented the moment. Like, you don't know if something is going to oh, happen. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like when someone tackles you. So when someone tackles you. Or you do some crowd yeah, work. Yeah, or you say something wrong. I always something. record my sets. I should record them on video. But I'm not on TikTok and shit. So, like, I, you know, I, I drew the line, I guess, at Instagram. But because I know that a lot of people are are doing crowd work intentionally for Instagram pieces yeah, uh, to draw people to the shows. Yeah. And I, you know, I thought about it, but I'm like, who am I, do I want those people at my shows? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to do stadiums. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I'm good. I'm good with theaters. I'm going to Vegas to do a club because I don't want to do casinos. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not my, I'm not, I'm not out to conquer the world. I do like an intimate crowd. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, I do like it. Because then you can like... really get into that what are like what you were saying before what am i trying to say with yeah. this stuff what you know what's funny about this stuff what risks can i take yeah here? it's it's just a different exchange of energy no shit it's yeah it's i, I love intimacy mm. in that way well it's good talking to you it was great talking to you Mark. i guess so. thanks for having me thanks for doing it i'll see you in canada i'll see you in canada okay that was wild the big reveal of the horrible accident and her attitude around it and how she's framed it in her life. You can go to ZainabJohnson.com for her stand-up dates. Uh, and also, could if you could, just hang out a minute, please. Thank you. Thank you. Hang on. Just please hold.
So I've been going a little crazy because I have Neil Gaiman uh, on Monday and I've got to talk to him. And there was a brief window in my life where Sandman and Hellblazer were very important to me. I don't know why. I think I was still a little out of my mind. I think I felt like, you know, that the John Constantine story was sort of like my future. I, you know, I had no, I, ha I was having problems with, with reality. I think it was probably somewhere in the, yeah, it had to have been. The, the sort of mid to late 80s, like 87-ish, when I went through this comic book stuff, I think it, it was the beginning of Hellblazer and then Sandman came later and it was sort of like, you know, it was speaking to a part of me as someone who is not a fantasy nerd that, you know, that somehow resonated with my reality. That's the sad truth. I don't know if I bring that up with Gaiman. I guess we'll all find out. But he's on Monday. I'm in Montreal this weekend at Just for Laughs. My solo shows are sold out, but my gala is on Saturday night. Then next week, I'll be in Columbus, Ohio at the Southern Theater on August 4th, Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm at the Old National Center on August 5th, Louisville, Kentucky at the Bombhard Theater, August 6th, which I hope is not a prophecy. Uh, all those dates I'll be doing with Lara Bites. Then I'm back at Dynasty Typewriter in L.A. on August 14th, and then Lincoln, Nebraska at the Rococo Theater on August 18th, Des Moines, Iowa at the Hoyt Sherman Place on August 19th, and Iowa City, Iowa at the Englert Theater on August 20th, all with uh, Lara Bites, the very funny Lara Bites, Lara, Lara. In September, I'm in Tucson, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, Boulder, Colorado, and Toronto, Ontario, Canada. In October, I'm in London, England, and Dublin, Ireland. Go to wtfpod.com slash tour for all dates and ticket info. Okay, now here's some slide guitar. Sloppy slide on an old K guitar tuned to an open D. I'll just give it a try. I'm giving it a try. Let's see, let's see.
Boomer lives. Monkey, LaFonda. Cat angels everywhere.